Chaos to Cured podcast is here to explain our perspective of the human experience. We hope it leads to questions, learning, wisdom, and knowledge. Welcome to Chaos to Cured podcast with Jeffrey Freed and Kirkpatrick Miller. Uh, we are just jumping into our second season uh, with really quick, speedy uh, podcasts meant to give you quite a bit of information. We will reference previous podcasts and occasionally we'll do longer ones as well. So just feel free to kind of dive in and reach out to us with any questions. Um, today we're jumping in and talking about anxiety. Um, anxiety is everywhere and honestly, um, in some ways, it's it's not taken well. In my opinion, it's not taken seriously enough. Um, so, Jeffrey, uh, jump into this. You know how the world is kind of um, exacerbating some of this in some ways, and just give us some analysis, and we'll jump into some solutions at the end. Okay, um, I'm very familiar with the topic of anxiety because I work with uh, people on the spectrum, and the most I guess the most paramount symptom of autism or Asperger's is anxiety, and it can be paralyzing. Um, I've seen some amazing um, things about with people who are just so plagued by anxiety that they literally can't leave their house. Um, and this is becoming way more um, I was going to say popular, way more prominent than it's ever been before, because we have so many people in our population who um, are visual, spatial, sensitive, bright, right hemisphere dominant people, and they have exaggerated senses. Been over that in other uh, podcasts, but I just want to reiterate that uh, anybody with a right hemisphere dominant learning style who's bright, visual, and may or may not be on the spectrum, um, they pretty much will have massive anxiety. Again, it goes back to people on the spectrum and people nearly on the spectrum have exaggerated powerful senses. And one of them is anxiety. And man, we have a very fertile ground in this world nowadays for anxiety. You've got um, the news, for example which is primed to make you anxious. So you'll turn and then listen and the, the uh, networks will make more money. You have anxiety constantly when you're driving and the roads are crowded. You're always worried you're gonna be late. Um, any kind of relationship issue, anxiety comes out. And the average person, you know, the neurotypical person as far as as far as I know, um, they get everybody gets anxious, but it's not so intense. Would and you jump? Our, would you jump back? Um, there was something really important, in, and for everyone listening, uh, he had mentioned this in a previous podcast, and um, it was that you kind of um, theorized that anxiety was kind of um, an additional sense. You're kind of at least. Of course, we know that's not like a, a, a sixth sense, but would you reiterate and explain a little bit? Because I really liked that, and it was a great way to kind of talk about the topic. Not sure exactly what you're referring to, but I'll try. Um, a 
anxiety is an exaggerated sense. And it is, it's becoming more and more prominent because we have more and more people who are more right hemisphere dominant than we've ever had before. And that's because the brain is plastic. And what we're exposing the brain to is a lot of anxiety um, laden situations. And this is a world where everybody's real busy. Everyone's got a real, you know, tight schedule and relationships are often frayed because people are, um, I guess the word, the words would be, they're so stressed out. And the origin of being stressed out is anxiety. So the more anxious you are, the more the probability that things are going to get worse. And there's so much to worry about if you have that intense sense. And I see it as a sense. It, I've seen people many times. I used to see this 30 years ago when I first started doing it. And I thought it was really weird and really unique. It's not anymore. It's normal. Um, people who are so tight, they have panic attacks all the time. Um, I've seen people so afraid to fail, for example, to try to do well on a test and they study real hard and they go in and they fail it because of anxiety. Because the reality is, is if you're tense and nervous, if you're a visual learner, you're so busy, I guess, I guess the way to explain it, you're so busy being nervous and so, uh, you know, so tied up in it, you're going to get worse on tests. You're going to get worse with relationships. Anxiety affects your health. It affects your stomach. It affects your heart, your respiration rate. So it's, it's a, it can be deadly. And as I said, I've seen people so paralyzed, they can't leave their house. I, I really want to, you know, jump in and, and for um, everyone listening, the, a few of the key things that, um, are really important to point out. And I just want to reiterate is, um, uh, Jeffrey, you just mentioned how many physical attributes um, that stress presents itself um, with, whether it's your heart rate, uh, breathing, lower O2. There are so many physical and actual issues that come from anxiety. And oftentimes when I try to explain what generalized anxiety is. So I suffer from generalized anxiety, which means it never goes away. Um, I've done cognitive behavioral therapy uh, for years. Um, I've worked with people. I work in a field where I help people get over and perform, get over anxiety, like stage performance or social anxiety. Um, it is very daunting and the panic attacks, like you mentioned, are extremely real. You mentioned with uh, social media, um, media in general, everything is based on fear, emotion, it's intensity. Um, a good analogy is just take a look at the very first Batman movie and then look at The Dark Knight Rises and then look at The Joker, the movie. Um, I did not like The Joker because you know it was has a mental health stigma built in there where he stops taking a medication and goes wild. Um, it's, I didn't like that part. However, my point is the theme, the very first Batman movie, there's playfulness. Um, it's lighter. 
everything has been become more intense. Even the the characters in TV. Um, you'd mentioned, you know, uh, again, TV med media. How we are. Everything is pushed at us, um, and that brings me back to one thing that I want to mention. If anyone is, uh, we spoke about time being attached uh, to anxiety and time being such a huge factor. Um, so anyone interested can listen to that podcast. The reason I find it so frustrating that when you go to a, a therapist and you talk to someone and it's about anxiety, they don't bring up your perception of time. And all of those things you had mentioned, um, tests, they're timed. Um, homework is timed. Uh, projects have a due date. Everything is relationships. Oh, we've been dating for this long, so this has to happen. Oh, we're on the third date. Everything is time-based. And um, our perception of time and, and how we do that, it, it causes more stress. And um, one of the things, uh, I just want to mention this because it's really fascinating. Um, and everyone has this. Um, it, it's, it's called um, critical flitter frequency, I believe. Right. Uh, I'm trying to look it up. But critical flicker frequency, how fast we see images. And for people that are, are listening, um, it, it's, if you're seeing a movie, typically they're at 30 frames per second. Video games have gotten to the point where they're at 30 to even 60 frames per second at 4K. Um, we really have a hard time seeing much different than that. But humans take in around, I think, 70 to 90 um, a, a fly so um, takes in 400 like images per second the reason I bring that up is that like of course if uh, this was a phenomenal analogy that was told to me uh, so I, I want to give proper credit this was a phenomenal analogy and he said if you're trying to hit a fly on your hand and you're bringing your hand down you can't hit the fly because it sees your hand moving at this really slow pace and there are moments in life where we have that. And you had mentioned this in the podcast before, Jeffrey, you'd mentioned athletes, where they mentioned time slowing down. Right. And um, so time is a very important factor in anxiety. It is not ever analyzed. There are medications. They talk about time. I know in a nursing book that I read forever ago, I don't remember, it's in the middle of the book, but they talk specifically about different narcotics and um, drugs having specific effects on people's uh, feeling of time. So alcohol speeds up time. Marijuana was considered to slow down time. Some of the psychedelics were like that. That should be explored. I just wanted to state that. I think it's really fascinating. Now, um, with that being said, I just wanted to jump into one of the solutions that has, has helped me. There's two things I want to mention, or three, um, breathing and Jeffrey, I want you to explain that because you're the one that taught me how to do it. So breathing was very helpful. Um, the second thing is a lot of times if I'm getting panicked, if I'm having a, if I'm having a panic attack, I go into what I'm grateful for. I start with something very simplistic, something like my, I'm glad I can breathe. I'm, I'm thankful for my lungs my heart, I'm thankful for this. It starts changing my 
um, like you said, we kind of get, we snowball out of control. It changes the pathway. So all of a sudden I'm focused, but instead of being focused on time or the situation, I'm focused on what I'm grateful for. So it changes the narrative. So it's, a, it's that is very helpful for me. Um, the other uh, thing that, you know, again, that I have continually worked with other people is trying to get them to utilize and reframe things from, again, a slower perspective. So if you're taking a test, instead of trying to focus on, okay, I have to get all of these test questions done in this much time, and this is how few minutes I have, it's like, stop. It, reframe the whole idea get I have this question in front of me I know how to do this do that don't even think of the whole test you have to reframe and section things off at least for me that's very valuable so do you have some suggestions for people that you've I, again like I said I'd love for you to go over the breathing you helped me a lot with that and people can look at other methods as well but well, uh, the, the yeah the breathing thing is pretty simple it's you intake with a deep breath nice and relaxed but deep for about three or four seconds and then simply hold it for a second just a you know just a second and then breathe out for double the amount of time that you breathe in so if you breathe in for three you're hesitating for a second and then you're breathing out for six four minutes four seconds in one second hold and then eight seconds slowly out what that actually does is it slows everything down and the interesting dilemma about that is i'm going to go back to the learning style stuff real quickly too it's people who are visual who think it think more in pictures than words they have more translation time that they need to come up with an answer because if they're on a test, for example, and they get it and they see the answer, probably in a picture, they then have to take that picture and translate it to words, spell and punctuate. Where this is different from the more word-based thinker, the more sequential thinker who thinks in words and pictures, but mostly in words. So the answer comes to them in a sentence. They hear it in their head and they just simply write it down. There's a minimum of transfer. Um, translation, as I meant to say, that's huge. So time tests for somebody who's more linear are a very valid way to measure mastery. For people who think in pictures, it's a terrible way to, to gauge mastery. All you're, all you're gauging is not how well they know the material, but their stress level, how well they know the material under terrible stress. Perfectly and, said. Well, thanks. And, the, you know, the cure for that is, I mean, we have, if you have some kind of, I'm not going to say learning disability, but some kind of learning difference, it's very easy to get the accommodation of extended time or taking the test by yourself with extended time in a room by yourself. All that stuff is new in the last few years, and it's becoming quite easy. I mean, you don't even need a 504 or a formal accommodation. Most teachers know this now. So if the kid comes to them, like a parent, the kid comes to them, and they say there's a lot of test anxiety because of my child's inability to do things, to retrieve stuff quickly. They know it, but they can't regurgitate it quickly. Can we do a verbal test or give them more time or something? And 
virtually always the teacher will say yes. If you run across a teacher who doesn't or a boss, that, well, if you have a boss who doesn't, I guess the best thing to say is try to explain it to them um, as best you can. And most people are reasonable about that. And uh, that's, that's it. I mean, it's test anxiety or just generalized anxiety is a fear of failure. We all have it. But again, if you're more visual, spatial, more right brain, brighter, you are going to have it in spades. You're going to have it to the third or fourth power. And it's, it builds on itself. So you want to interrupt the cycle. The, the breathing does that. It also gets blood flowing back to the brain because when you're under stress and anxiety, the blood's flowing away from the brain to the heart to try to protect it against danger. So you can't think. So you want to interrupt that. You want to get the blood flow back to the brain. And pretty much any technique that will allow you to do that is, will be effective. Meditation is good. And a lot of times when people are in, in a panic, of course, um, it's hard to step away. A lot of this comes from if um, you notice it in people that are listening, I, I would, I'm watching this happen with my, my nieces that, you know, I am lucky enough to have living with me. Um, and because they have similarities um, to myself, Genetically, it's come out in some other forms. And a lot of times, if you can recognize some of these things and again, retrain and reframe how the world works so they understand, again, a lot of these other things, uh, how they think, one is very helpful. Two, if you can help them start training to calm down and take a deep breath, it is extremely helpful because it's a habit. No one, it, I was not able to just start. And if you go to a therapist and you expect this to change overnight, it's not gonna happen. It's a, it's a process and you have to be patient with yourself too. I just want to point that out. And there's, don't feel rushed. A lot of times, of course, people with anxiety want to get, fix their anxiety instantly and they're perfectionists as well. So be gentle with yourself. If you're trying to fix your anxiety, you're already taking the right step. So just, uh, again, this is a really deep topic. I would like to get more into this one. I think we probably need a second part um, since we're trying to keep the podcast a little shorter. Um, I loved your suggestions and your, it's such an important part or a important aspect of mental health and of overall wellness. And it's so prevalent now and you said that at the beginning, it's, it's becoming, I know it is the number one issue um, or the most common, uh, commonly diagnosed and treated mental health issue right now. Um, and, and that's because of the world we're living in. So people, please listen to, to yourself, first of all. Try to plan things out. Think of if you're going to a place that's going to cause a, a massive amount of anxiety, have a plan to step away, whether that's go use the restroom, breathe for a few minutes. It's okay to step away. Um, and Jeffrey, thank you for the explanation of the breathing. I, that really helped me. And like I said, I, I find making a list of the things I'm grateful for, it just helps redirect my negativity and my panic into something more positive. And then of course, 
the ultimate goal for me and what I'm really working on, and I would highly suggest to anybody dealing with anxiety, is really analyze how you think about time. As soon as you start realizing that the time is, you have more time than you realize, and stop thinking about how little time you have, just reframe it. I, I actually have this much time instead of I don't have this time. I, I, again, it's more complicated than that. We'll jump into it. Um, Jeffrey, uh, do you have something to add um, or something that you'd like to close off with? Yeah, I want that. Um, many times people that I work with, the more visual, spatial type person or a person on the spectrum believes they are a poser, that they're going to about to be discovered um, low self-esteem and low self-esteem because they're so hard on themselves that what that does is that creates incredible anxiety because you're always wondering when you're going to be found out to be a fake. Um, so it's low self-esteem. It's, it's judging yourself against impossible things that you, you know, like things that you can't do. You don't have the ability to do. However, you have incredible abilities to visualize, to create, um, to think outside the box. You have lots of gifts. Just stop seeing it as deficits because every single thing, nothing is for free. If you have a headache, you take an aspirin. The aspirin's not for free. It takes away the headache, but it may give you stomach problems. Um, or, or, or give you kind of heart palpitations or something. Nothing is for free. And if you have this gift of being visual and creative and intuitive, you're going to pay the price somewhere else. And you're going to think you're, you're probably going to think you're inadequate. Put a lot of pressure on yourself, and that makes the problem even worse. I, I wanted to make I want to share one of my favorite things that uh, that Jeffrey you ever said, um, and that was you said nature hates imbalance. And you told me that forever ago, and because I was struggling with so many different things, and I was given a lot of gifts, and that was also very helpful. And it was not something I appreciated and I understood when I was younger, but. Um, what you just said, again, for parents and for siblings or for your partner that's struggling with anxiety, um, a lot of times, again, they are so hard on themselves and panic comes out as anger. Be gentle with them. Try to be supportive. Listen and recognize some triggers. They're often very uh, uh, similar and common. Um, but that the imbalance, what you said there, focus on the positive. Jeffrey, thank you. Phenomenal Good advice. Um, I, I My pleasure. Everyone, listen uh, and, and share. And please reach out for to us if you have any particular questions. Uh, I've been scattered today. Um, so uh, we'll end today's show. And uh, thank you, Jeffrey, so much. I really uh, always appreciate it. Sure. Thank you so much for listening to Gas to Cared Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, Please share with everyone you know and definitely like, follow and subscribe. Certainly leave a comment if you'd like. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about the next time. Also in our show notes, there should be direct links where you can follow us on our social media as well as reach out to us directly. Thanks again and have a great day.
The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Chaos to Cured podcast are the speaker's own. All discussion is based on our own experiences. We do not and cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information. Chaos to Cured podcast cannot give medical or health advice. All discussion is based upon our personal experiences and meant for general and educational purposes. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help or for diagnostic purposes for yourself or another. Chaos to Cured podcast always encourages you to consult an appropriate professional.